Welcome to the very first episode of Screen Red. I am your host. You can call me the Lady One, and I am here with Chris Scalzo. So you might know me from Screen Fix, the podcast where we fix a recent Hollywood film, and you might know Chris from The First Run, a weekly show where he and guests talk all things film. We have combined our forces to bring you what the whole world has been asking for, another movie podcast. But not just any movie podcast. Screen Run is going to be covering the works of one particular artist each season. Our first season is the impetus for this podcast, a shared love of Chris and I's, the films of Kevin Smith. That's right, we are going to be tackling all things Viewers Universe in season one. So, of course, there could be no other starting point than Clerks. Salsa Shark. We're going to need a bigger boat. Throughout history, they have been a part of our American life. Men and women who have made it their mission to serve their fellow man. They've worked hard enough. Isn't it time? They had their own movie. Clerks. This job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. I, I don't bother them and they don't bother me. I could do without the people in the video store. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. What do you mean there's no ice? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? You'd feel a hell of a lot better if you just rip into the occasional customer. <laughs> You're a clerk, paid to do a job. You can't just do anything you want while you're working. Convenience store, do you run here? Miramax Films presents. You think anybody can see us down here? Why? Do you want to have sex or something? <sighs> can we? Clerks, just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? All right, so Clerks was released in 1994 and is a day in the life of two friends, Dante and Randall, as they toil away as clerks in their small town of Leonardo, New Jersey. Dante runs the register at the Quick Stop convenience store, and Randall barely works at RST Video in the same mini-mart. Dante is in crisis as he learns his high school ex-girlfriend, who he still pines for. Caitlin Bree is engaged. This, along with a fight with his current girlfriend, Veronica, frequent vignettes of loiterers Jay and Silent Bob, a rooftop hockey game, bizarre customers, a side trip to a wake, pretty much covers the plot for this film, although I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you might be familiar. I'm very excited to be joining you on this journey. Let me tell you, I've been <laughs> itching to revisit the uh, Kevin Smith oeuvre for quite some time. I've had to uh, <laughs> uh, bust out my dusty old DVDs of, of his entire collection. So uh, watching this Clarks and revisiting this in DVD and standard definition on my 4K television has been quite an experience. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really excited for this. So thank you so much for thinking of me uh, to kind of run through this we'll see how it goes i don't i'm gonna be honest with people if you're worried about profanity because kevin smith is known kind of for his dirty humor you should be okay with me i i can't make any promises <laughs> with juan but uh mm -mm. i will do my best to keep everything uh, above board yeah i i'm not even gonna pretend to promise that smart <laughs> so this was a seminal film for me growing up Right. This was a big deal to me. I, this film had a major impact. I think it was when it came out, 94. All right. So I had, yeah. I'm going to date myself here. I had <laughs> been out of high school for a year. All right. So I graduated early. I like I got like that Doogie Hauser thing. I was 12. That's not true. So, <laughs> but I remember checking this out. I think I, 
I did not see this in the theater, I don't think. I think I had heard a lot about it and then uh, was able to grab a DVD of it or even a VHS, perhaps, and uh, watch this thing, and I was absolutely blown away by it. Like, it's one of those kind of... There's been a few movies in my life that kind of were like... I can mark the moments. It, like, there's this. There was... Uh, <laughs> Swingers is another one that would have a big yeah. impact me at the time. Uh, I absolutely adored this thing. So I was excited and terrified to revisit this. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those movies that I truly can't tell you the first time I saw it because I was pretty much just watching it on a loop for years. I actually... I remember making my freshman year college roommate watch the movie. Because she made the mistake of saying she didn't like black and white movies. And I was like, is that because they're old or because they're black and white? And she's like, well, I don't know. How would I ever know the difference? And I was like, I know exactly how you will know the difference. What we're doing tonight is you're watching Clerks. <laughs> and uh, so the thing is, I can't tell you if she ended up liking the movie or not. Because anybody else watching it with me was irrelevant to my experience. I just, it's me in the movie and I'm just saying all of the lines along with it. I cannot be fun to watch this movie with. There's, there's no way. I don't, well, I don't, I was in that window for a while when I was younger, but I hadn't really, I, like I said, I haven't revisited this thing in, I don't think I've watched this in 15 years. If not, that would be, all right, let's, let's do the math. So have I watched it since 2000? Um, I think maybe once. So I guess I don't have to go with 20 years, which would make me feel even older. So, <laughs> but yeah, so let's, 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 let's break it down. Let's talk about it. What do you want to talk about? Should we start talking about the uh, uh, production, how this thing came to be? Yeah, let's start with the production because okay. I feel like the production of Clerks is as integral to the movie experience of Clerks as any movie out there. So as I mentioned, it's in black and white and it was shot in black and white because Kevin Smith had no money. So <laughs> this whole movie cost him just about 25 grand to make which he got from selling the majority of his comic book collection, maxing out eight credit cards, dipping into his college fund, and he spent the insurance money that he and Jay got when their car that they had was lost in a flood. So that is how he funded Clerks. And they had to film it at the Quick Step and at RST Video after hours because that's where he was working during the day. So they actually filmed the movie for 21 nights straight overnight at the quick stop while Kevin Smith was working the register during the day. And by the end of the shoot, he was sleeping for like maybe an hour a day and would just like pass out while they were filming. These places actually exist. Yes. Right. They're not sets. They're not made up. Uh, I can tell you, I know at the time back in the mid 90s because I went there. So I, I saw that I we, my <laughs> friends and I used to make pilgrimages we probably would go once or twice a year for about three years. We'd go to Red Bank first to go to the Secret Stash, which is the comic shop that they owned. <laughs> I met Jay there once, which was awesome. Uh, did he ask you to watch the store while he went out and bought cigarettes? No, he did not do that. <laughs> That's the story that I keep hearing everywhere I'm looking for people talking about that. So uh, that's apparently that's, that was his, his MO was to just be like, hey, can you just like watch this over 20 minutes? I'll be right back. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I think Flanagan was there too. Well, Flanagan was there working the register. So uh, mm -hmm. I did have a little brush with uh, stardom at the time. <laughs> it was all really there. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Well, they uh, Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier, who plays Snowball in the movie, <laughs> uh, they edited the movie in RST video like that. That was all-encompassing. That's where they finished working on it. Jeff Anderson said he came by to visit Kevin Smith at RST Video, and he was like, you're still editing that thing? This is still going on? Man, I don't know if you should even be bothering with this anymore. Like, so dismissive. That's 
Yeah, Jeff Anderson wasn't really sure he was going to be an actor. He was actually working a day job at AT AT&T and was in school working on his architecture degree. And he's like, yeah, you know, I can audition for this local thing. It's fine. And yeah, he's fantastic in it. Oh, yeah. Randall's a lot of fun. He's obviously one of the best parts of the whole film. I know that uh, he's, I don't know if we're uh, uh, spilling tea. This is not exactly unknown stuff, but I guess he was the holdup for Clerks 3. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess has since come on board. So it is actually moving forward, which I'm uh, very excited about. Yeah. I think one of the most interesting things I learned in my commentary watch too of the original DVD was just how everybody kind of knew everybody, right? Uh, almost everybody <laughs> in the film is either a, a relative or a friend of Smith and his crew. But I guess that's what you're going to get stuck with, right? When you're working on such a show- shoestring budget. Oh, but yeah. And Jeff Anderson and, and Lisa Spoonauer actually were engaged at the time of the commentary was being recorded and got yeah. married. Then I found yeah. out later, though, they divorced like a year later. Yeah, man, it happens. We can do. <laughs> it's too bad. And she's since passed, too. That's crazy. Yeah. But there, there is kind of that like fun moment when he finishes talking to her in the movie and like she walks out of frame and he totally looks her up and down. It's like... <laughs> He's going to marry that lady. <laughs> At least there was a dusting of love in that leering look and not just yeah, uh, entirely nice. lust. <laughs> he put a ring on it. What more can you ask for? Exactly. So obviously Jeff Anderson was like iffy on the whole, am I going to be an actor thing? Jason Mewes, not in the plan at all. He was, you know, Kevin Smith's friend. He was working as a roofer, not unlike the customer in the scene of the infamous Empire debate. Hmm. And he actually went back to being a roofer after they finished filming because, you know, he had to pay bills. Right. He didn't even stop working as a roofer until he was going uh, up north to uh, film Mallrats. So after Clerks, it came out a couple months later. They're going to start filming Mallrats. And that's when he was like, oh, OK, I guess I can do this. Wow, that's fascinating. I had no idea that he was a, <laughs> a roofer at the time. That is that's some yeah, dangerous isn't work, that kind man. kind of frightening? <laughs> Especially given yeah. his typical levels of inebriation in some w- yeah. way or another. Yeah, you want that guy on a ladder? I don't not, think so. Not preferably. So during my commentary, uh, Jay was drunk the entire time. And oh, he would yes, wake up occasionally uh, in between they'd ask him <laughs> questions. Smith, I think, would kind of nudge him a little bit. And yeah. he'd come up with the snoochie boochies or something. And that would be basically it. And mm. the biggest, though, reveal to me was, and I did not know this, when they're playing hockey on the roof yeah. and the guy, the customer walks up and he wants to go inside and they're just the first quarter. So he climbs the ladder and he ends up, you know, checking Dante <laughs> as they're playing roof hockey. Oh, look at you. You can't even pass. How about covering the point? Man, you suck. That was Mosier. And I had no idea that that was Scott Mosier. Yeah, that is the most animated Scott Mosier has ever been in his entire life is in that scene like he's hiding in plain sight by just responding <laughs> like with any sort of emotion hey don't pass to this guy he sucks because it's so his, his willem snowball character obviously is so entirely different not just yeah. aesthetically but performance wise and then when i would listen to the smide cast too he it's just not it's it's a different yeah. guy so no, i know i appreciate that that's what they call air quotes acting but it was just so, <laughs> he looked so different and sounded so different that I had no mm-hmm. idea until the commentary that that was Mosier in that scene. Yeah, which... he really, really has range. <laughs> Impressive. So the film itself. Now, I will follow you on Twitter, which I don't know is the wisest idea, but I do. And I was following along as you were kind of quote tweeting it as you went, kind of oh revisiting God. these halcyon days of watching the film and doing all the quotes that you loved. 
And so you had dropped something about how impressed you were still with how everything kind of came out. I mean, and it's for a guy's first feature, I am going to, yeah. I will say it, it is quite good. But one thing I wonder about, I think some of the performances in this film are rather shaky upon my yeah. revisit. <laughs> And I didn't get that vibe from your your tweet storm on that. So what uh, what are your thoughts? So I literally wrote a tweet and then I deleted it before I posted it because I thought it sounded too mean. But I'm going to just say it now is um, I was going to say that I know the lines to this movie better than Veronica did on filming. Right. Like, <laughs> like, I am very annoying to watch this movie with because I will quote every line, but I will literally even throw in her stammering delivery of you're making a generalization about broads because <laughs> she just cannot get through that sentence. And the whole flow of that line is totally wrecked by her delivery. But now it's just like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, like, I, I love the awkward delivery that she has mm -hmm. when she she has her big character entrance who's leading this mob and then just stammering over. And you're stirring up all this anti-smoking sentiment to what? Sell more gum? And you're just like, oh God, you couldn't do another take. But like, you know, you couldn't. So it's fine. I don't know. I just, I think it's really cute. I agree that Very it is. Cute. There's a there's a charm <laughs> to it. You could tell that these are mostly amateurs, but it's in yeah. the end, it's it's part of the charm. It really is. Oh, totally. I will say too. I think the dialogue is mostly great. Now, granted, it's a little, <laughs> I would say, even sub juvenile at times. And I there's some of this stuff here that just hasn't aged particularly well. We've kind of come a little further culturally now. You're not going to have as many uh, mm -hmm. uh, gay jokes, thankfully, nowadays that you mm -hmm. would that you would back in that early to mid '90s. And I think it's slightly underwritten a little bit. I think there's some stuff maybe that could have been flushed out more, maybe a little more interesting. But again, first feature guy, you know, he's putting everything on the line. What is he? Early mm -hmm. to mid '20s, and mm -hmm. uh, I think for the most part, the thing still works. It still holds together exceptionally well. I think he handles yeah. the challenge of a low budget perfectly. Now, I'm curious with you. So with your version, did you get the, the original cut scene that they inserted the animated version of it when they actually go inside the funeral home? I can't fucking believe you. I'm telling you, it wasn't my fault. You knocked the casket over, for was, Christ's sake. I was just leaning on it. It was an accident. It's like someone knocks a casket over on purpose. So the casket fell over. Big deal. Her fucking body fell out. So put her back in it. It's not like it matters if she breaks something. <laughs> uh, no, no, but I have seen it. That goes on far too long. And the jokes don't really <laughs> land at all, unfortunately. There's a couple that I think were pretty good, but for the most part, I don't didn't find it to work that well. We do get an actual Alyssa Jones appearance in that scene mm -hmm. as well, which is fun. And of course, there's some foreshadowing. Because remember, with, with Mall Rats, mm -hmm. which we have coming up next, that's a prequel, right? That takes place the day before Clark's. And then mm -hmm. you have uh, Chasing Amy. Now, I don't recall, maybe you heard this in your commentary or you recall due to your, I can only describe them as <laughs> as dedicated rewatches of this over and over again through the years. <laughs> Was that just they didn't have the money to film it yes. or they couldn't? Okay. When they were going through the scripts to, to start filming, it was something Mosier told Kevin Smith right off the bat. He was like, I don't see how this is ever going to happen. It's a different location. It involves way more extras than literally are in the entire rest of the movie. So that's more people to pay. We'd have to get all our equipment somewhere else. We'd need a casket. This is complicated. Like it mm. was just one of those. They're like, this sounds prohibitively expensive to accomplish and also wouldn't it just be funnier if people have to like imagine what happened so i think it works the way the way it is in the movie and 
I don't really, really think that it feels like, oh, we didn't see that because it was impossible. You know, it just sort of it feels right that we don't see what goes on. We just see them running out of there. It is much funnier and it is much better <laughs> with without having it in there. So you're talking about how the movie influenced you. Mm. There's actually a lot of conversation out there about Kevin Smith's influence on Judd Apatow and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Their movies always get compared to each other's stoner dudes saying crass things like it's a pretty easy comparison to make. Um, at the time Clerks came out in 94, though, Apatow was already a comedy writer in Hollywood working on specials and award shows. And the first movie that he wrote, the first feature he wrote was Heavyweights, which I can't even begin to get into how much I love that movie, uh, which came out in 1995. But they did actually work together, which we'll get to that film later in the season with Zach and Mary make a porno. Mm -hmm. um, and Seth Rogen, who is in like 90% of Judd Apatow movies, basically said that Clerks was what made him think he could write something like Superbad one day. Was just that he was like, it was just so raw and filthy and ridiculous, but also like well written while being all of those things. And he was like, wait, I I think I could do this. So um, without Clerks, there is no Superbad that's a world I don't want to live in. <laughs> so jumping back to the dialogue a little bit, I feel mm. like you can always tell a Kevin Smith movie by the dialogue. And as you're saying, you know, this is pretty good work for a first movie. He was nominated for Best First Screenplay at the Independent Spirit Awards and I think Best First Feature as well. But I kind of feel like this is a little bit of a weird comparison to make. But Kevin Smith movies sort of remind me of Shonda Rhimes TV shows. She does Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder and right. Scandal in that everybody in the show kind of speaks the same way. Mm -hmm. Like everybody in Kevin Smith movies, except for Jay, of course, is capable of delivering a knockout monologue. Like you just don't know who it's going to be. It just depends on the scene. But to his credit, I actually really like the way that he writes women and men the exact same way. I feel like there is no difference in the way he writes for those characters. So I'm not super sure many of these movies are going to pass the Bechdel test as we get into it. The women don't tend to talk to each other. If they do, it's usually about the men in the movie. But the women in Clerks, like Veronica and Caitlin, are written as real characters. They are both technically Dante's love interest, but that's not all we know about them. We know that they're in school. We know what they want from their respective relationships with him. And we actually know way more about what Caitlin wants from life than we know about what Dante wants. I know that Kevin Smith movies are always crass and over the top with the language and the conversations. Just he goes there. But I never feel like he goes there in a way that is dismissive of women versus men. Like he's kind of like everybody's gross and uh, we're all just going to talk about it. So I really do enjoy the way that he writes monologues for all of the characters in his movies, whether or not it's their one big scene or they're the star of the movie the whole time. See, that's interesting. I don't know about that. I would go. I was going back and forth on that after watching this because you're right. All the characters have a unique voice, but it's always Kevin Smith's, right? I go back and forth on that if that's a good thing or not. Is it a trait of his films or is it a limitation of his script writing ability? I think it can be both. Mm -hmm. and, and I truly, I think that it is. I mean, we'll get more into this when we talk about his other movies in other episodes. I think sometimes it works more to his strength than in other times. Uh, we'll get to Jay and Silent Bob reboot and right. the, the writing in that one. But yeah, I do. I really do like how he gives different characters the command mm. of, of the movie from time to time. And yeah, it's probably because he only knows how to write one way, but it's been working really well for Shonda Rhimes. She basically owns 
Thursday night on ABC. And uh, if I watch too much of her shows in a row, I will just start debating you. Like, I will just, like, <laughs> tear you down in a monologue while holding a glass of red wine. Like, it just, it happens to you when you're watching her stuff. And you don't realize that every character speaks the same way until you've watched too much of it. It's the same thing. No, that's fair. And you're right. When I think about too, so the women speak through his voice, but they're not, they tend not to be right as, as crude as the fellas. None of the, the, the women have any kind of, kind of like these moments. <laughs> so it's. Yes. Like maybe they're not necessarily doing that, but the only reason why Randall is doing that is because she was unashamed to tell about her experiences, what she's done, who she's done it with, how many people she's done it with. No shame. Just like, that's what's up. And like, that's good. That's otherwise, great. there's no reason for that that uh sound that he's making. That's very true. No, that, And that's fine. I, You know what? Own your own your. Your power—that's totally fine with me. I'm, that's fine. So that, no, that's that, okay. You may have, you may have turned me on that. That's fine. I'm easily influenced. That's good. This is going to be a great show. Then I'm not used to that. I'm happy to help. <laughs> so speaking of of voices as well, Kevin Smith had a very different idea in mind for this. Right, this film would have taken on an entirely different dimension with the original mm. ending, which I think was appropriately cut. I think it mm-hmm. it shifts the film from this kind of dark comedy in a way to a black comedy that I think at the end it doesn't the ending doesn't have I don't think there's no punchline to it for me. Mm. It's just sad. You know, I mean, when your day starts off like not even supposed to be here today. Right? And then then if that's <laughs> the inevitable end of that day, if you take the project as a whole and you go through what happens to Dante and how he's not supposed to be there. And all these different events happen to kind of turn his life upside down. Mm-hmm. The ending makes sense logically. But comedically, it ruins the whole thing. So yeah. people may not be we familiar. Need to explain it? Yeah. What yeah. is the original ending of the film? So the original ending is just a continuation of the last scene with Randall throwing Dante the sheet, saying, you're closed. And um, we hear the door. The bell on the door ring as a customer comes in. Uh, Dante looks up saying, sorry, we're closed, only to be shot dead by someone stealing the money from the cash register. Uh, so he's just dying behind the register. The guy runs off. And then another person who was actually played by Kevin Smith without uh, his silent Bob look comes in and steals cigarettes when he doesn't see anyone in the register. Really, really a down ending yeah. as discussed. Well, and the it's movie. the empire arc too, really. Yeah. That's what that's, there's the call yeah. to that. There's the, there's a heads up to that. That's coming with the uh, yes. whole empire conversation. Absolutely. And Kevin Smith said he was actually inspired by do the right thing to mm. uh, make the ending that way. And he even thinks, Spike Lee in the credits. So he wanted to kind of pay homage to that movie as well as the whole Empire Strikes Back conversation. But the ending just didn't really sit well with critics early in the production process. And they talked him into cutting it short. And so Dante lives and the Viewisk universe is born because if Dante doesn't live, there's no way we're revisiting the various Jones sisters and Rick Darris. And we're not coming back to this town and all of these people without uh without dante surviving that movie i don't think we wouldn't even have a scoring system right because our scoring (laughs) system is based on movies and without a clerks 2 there's no movies yep absolutely true actually i think movies is introduced before clerks 2 because it's dogma Dogma. yeah the restaurant shows up in dogma yeah so i guess technically could because there was no i don't think i don't think dante's in dogma right 
I don't think he is. Mm. I guess we'll find out together, folks. All of us will find out together. <laughs> you got to keep listening, but I'm pretty sure there's a Hicks on a newscast. Uh, you're right. I'm, I'm fairly But I don't think right. it's Dante or Gil. I think it's a third Hicks. Okay. We'll I find think. out. I think. We'll see. We'll see how right I am from this movie. Dogma that I haven't I'm seen in probably this. 15 years. Dogma Hicks? Question mark is on <laughs> insane. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> so yeah, so no, no Dante living means no viewers universe means no Clerks two, no flying car short, uh, no mm. Clerks the animated series, and um, you know, still holding out hope for Clerks three. We can right. get it together, right, guys? That's it. Hope so. Although I kind of don't like Clerks two, but we'll get to it. What? Mm. Oh, we're gonna have some. <laughs> there's gonna be some heat here, folks. I haven't seen mm. it in quite some time, so I'm. I am. That's one of the ones I was actually looking forward to the most to revisiting. Pretty much all of the movies that we'll go through for this, I have seen either innumerable times or between zero and one. Like there's <laughs> there's movies that we haven't that we'll get to that I haven't seen yet. So I'll be watching them for the first time as we get into this. But yeah, I think Clerks too. Maybe I've seen it. Maybe just the once. And I'm assuming those are the ones that are outside the USQ universe there. Yeah, although I definitely seen uh, Jersey Girl a lot, like a lot. I've never seen. I think that's his only. That and Yoga Hosers <laughs> are the two I haven't seen. <laughs> in in my defense, Jersey Girl was on the college movie station that just ran on a loop for like a month. So like just for a month, every once in a while, I was just constantly watching Jersey Girl. Okay. So it wasn't like a choice. It was just there. Yeah, you had no, there was no options for you. I didn't have cable. Fine. It was a dorm. I don't appreciate, I think sometimes Smith as an auteur in that capacity. Mm -hmm. I look at him as a guy that made a bunch of films for a good 10 year run that were were a huge impact that huge impact on me that I absolutely loved and I would laugh so hard that I'd cry at one point mm-hmm. in my life. Chasing Amy was my all time favorite film. When that thing yeah. hit, I was uh, I guess just in a particular place at the time, and it just mm-hmm. and everything kind of made sense to me at that moment. And uh, but that was kind of it. And then I confess that I had kind of faded a bit from Smith, right? After mm. the last kind of big view askew film, watching Tusk, obviously, which we'll get to, watching Red State, Cop Out, though I think Cop Out's unfairly maligned, and we'll talk all about that. But it, <laughs> now, I don't know if it's Smith has lost the shine on the apple here, or if the there's a movie-going audience has passed him by, or is it more the studios don't look to him as much now? I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened. I don't know if it's a, the collapse of Miramax and all that stuff had anything to do with it. Well, I shouldn't say Miramax, but uh, since mm. I think they're still around, I don't know. It's yeah, it's interesting because the guy had such an influence. But I think it's a a combination of things. You know, I've read that you know he's fully aware that there's plenty of people out there that think Clerks is the only good thing he ever did, and that everything else was just like reductive and. Just oh, a bunch of true. references back to the first good thing. Yeah. Um, there's people who thinks that who think that Chasing Amy is the only good movie that he ever made, and everything else is just sort of nonsense. Like, but I do think some of it also is that he, in growing up, grew up and kind of got to do all the things that like his frustrated characters didn't get to do. Hmm. You can't be like that frustrated, angsty guy who's like just trying to get what he wants in life 
when you're like, you know, a successful Hollywood writer, director who gets to work with his friends all the time and like can text Batman whenever he wants, you know, like it's <laughs> like he solved all of his problems like for the most part. So it kind of puts him in a different position of how to write. You kind of outgrow what was going on with your characters. So I think that's why not just so that I can see like more of Dante and Randall, but they think that's why I'm looking forward to whatever comes from Clerks 3, because he's already said that it will be about these characters and like their 40s, even like early 50s, like figuring out what life is now. Like, mm -hmm. where do we go? What do we do? Why are we still grumpy? Do you think he brings back Veronica then? I know you'd probably be really excited about that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> as long as he can pump the brakes on the tweets about his wife and how active their uh, personal sex life still is. Yeah. That was yeah. disconcerting. But it's expect a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, stay on brand. That's Kevin. True. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite little pieces of trivia about this film, too, is the fact that it was originally had an NC-17 rating. Yes. And then because of because of explicit dialogue, which I, mm -hmm. I don't That's it. think <laughs> That's it's wild. that bad, really. And what I love that they resubmitted it without any changes and it came mm -hmm. back with an R. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's like, oh, it was originally NC-17. Oh, shit. What they cut? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> it just shows you how capricious that whole oh. process is. It's all... Okay. Yeah. Just preposterous. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous, but good trivia nonetheless. All right. So let's let's break down then Ms. Wan, the film here. All right. Yes. We're gonna we got a couple categories that we're gonna rotate as we go through the yeah. uh the filmography of uh director Smith. So what do you think was the best performance then in the film? Without a doubt, it's Jeff Anderson. Randall Graves is the best character in this whole movie. He was so good. He has the best lines. He gets to make the best references. And he does the Randall Walk. Plus, uh, he's nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for Best Debut Performance. That means it's a fact and not merely my opinion. So that, to quote you, is the correct answer. <laughs> First off, the reason why he has the best lines, right, is because Smith had written that part for himself initially. Yeah. <laughs> and what is it they felt like he just couldn't pull it off? Because it was just too much yeah, to do. It would have been too much work. Even though the whole character of Dante is really based on Kevin Smith's life, he wanted to be Randall. Yeah. He wanted to be Randall so bad. But he just could, didn't think he could pull it off with directing and also like being a, you know, registered Jackie during the day too. Mm -hmm. I, I got, I'm sorry, but I have to strongly disagree with you and say <laughs> that it's, it's Dante by a mile. I think Way. that the problem is you're focusing too much on Randall having all the best lines and being a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Dante is putting in <laughs> yeoman's work here, all right? Uh, there is so much here that O'Halloran has to do because he he's, he's the anchor of the film. He's the one that's kind of progressing us forward the entire time. And for mm -hmm. me... His performance was the most interesting. I can't say it was the most fun because I think that does go to Randall. No. Closely followed by Jay, I would say. Yes. But still, sure. the heart and soul of the film is Dante and the one I, I identified the most with as well. So that's why I feel like Dante is my number one. And I want to do a shout out too as an honorable mention for Elisa Spoonhour as Caitlin Bree. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a lot of screen time in this thing, but when she's there, I think she does a great job and knocks it out of the park. That one scene yeah. with the two where um, her and uh, uh, him are, are talking at the RST video store where they, clo mm -hmm. they, they close up to kind of go talk over there. That, that, whole, that whole scene was done in one take, which blew my mind. 
and she is yeah. quite good in that scene. So yeah, she's great. I think that I she's my dark horse for for that award. I think for the best performance of the film. But in the end, I got to go with Dante. It's definitely just Randall. <sighs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be easily influenced. Not this time. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I got to stick to my. I got to stick to my guns on this one. This is uh, okay. Fine. What else? How else are we going to be rating this film? What else are we talking about category wise? Our best reference, whether that is reference externally to pop culture at large or internal askew reference. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? For this movie, for Clerks, I feel like it, it has to be the Empire debate because if you don't like that scene in this movie, you're watching the wrong movie. And also, I feel like the whole debate and discussion that they have kind of lives even bigger than the movie itself. Like, mm-hmm. I think people know that argument without even necessarily knowing that it's in Clerks or maybe they've only seen that one scene from Clerks and haven't seen the whole movie. I just I feel like that scene is kind of more famous along with all the Jay and Silent Bob vignettes. It's kind of like the epitome of the movie, even though it doesn't really get into what the movie's about. What did you like better, Jedi or the Empire Strikes Back? Empire. Blasphemy. Empire had the better ending. I mean, Luke gets his hand cut off, finds out Vader's his father, uh, hand gets frozen, take away by Boba Fett. It ends on such a down note. I mean, that's what life is, a series of down endings. Yeah. No, I'm... I as go much back as and... I love Salsa Shark, I, I have to go with Empire State. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with you, I think. But if I'm going reference-wise, too, I like the the nods to Alyssa Jones mm-hmm. being chasing yeah. me was my favorite. So it's yeah. nice to have those teases of stuff to to come. The jokes that I like the most, and that's our other category, right, is just kind mm-hmm. of favorite scene in the film. I think I got to go 37. I don't know. <laughs> that's the one that I in think. In a row? It's, it's, it's basically <laughs> that line. Uh, is what I always come back to. In fact, to this day, I still say that. If somebody makes any kind of joke or makes any comment involving a number like that, I'll say, in a row? 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row? A friend of mine was turning 37 and and made him a card that said, I'm 37? (laughs) I was like, do you get it? (laughs) That is what I look forward to about turning 37 one day, is that I will constantly just be like, I'm 37? (laughs) So what's your favorite scene then? I don't want to agree with you just on the basis of not wanting to agree with you, but that's not a good reason. That's no, I, that part destroys me. It's so funny. And then the guy like following her, like, get back here. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. Hey, hey, you get back here. Um, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of opportunity in my life where it's okay to yell, try not to suck any dick on your way through the parking lot. But <laughs> I'm not going to say I haven't said it to someone before (laughs) i have done the same actually and that's what that's what i think is the perfect topper that's the cherry on top that's the chef's kiss of that scene it's so good oh my god hilarious what are we thinking then i'm curious what is your uh, what did we set we settled on five right but with halves with regards to how many golden movies yes zero to five and half half movies are possible okay well, how about how about I've been having you go first every time. How about I okay. reveal and then you get the you get to close it out with the with the big final because everybody's here for you. Okay. Was, okay. I'm more kind of just I'm the I'm the eye candy, but you're mm-hmm. here with the actual content. So, okay. in fact, this yeah. is audio. So, me being eye candy actually makes sense. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. But given this is Smith's first feature, right? Yes. And everything we've said, 
I am going to give this four movies out of five. I think it still holds up exceptionally well. As we said, Mm -hmm. it's still, I think, a little stilted at time with its dialogue delivery. It's a little preposterous quite often, but that's part of the charm. I was nervous to come back to this, having not watched it for a very long time. (laughs) But for me, I'm, I'm confident giving it those four golden movies. What about you? I'm giving it four and a half. Ooh. Four and a half. Is this, um, do I win under Price is Right rules? How does that work? You can't go over? Uh, we got to see how, how the season goes and see Okay. just how far apart our scores get. So how'd you um, get to that extra half? Because I literally can't give it five because it's our first episode and mm-hmm. some of the acting is just so terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be wrong to give it five, but here's how given my experience with the movie compared to your experience with the movie, I can get you to go from a four to a four and a half is the rewatch factor is killer because you have to watch what every customer is buying because they are always buying something relevant. Mm. When they're having the conversation about uh, jizz moppers, mm-hmm. they're uh, got to buy the paper towel in that scene. Like it's just, there's a lot in the movie. I don't know if I, I know I knew that and I think I caught it a couple times, but I don't think I was aware throughout the entire runtime. So that is <laughs> yeah. something I'll so, have to maybe check out again. You got to watch all the purchases. And in the scene where they're talking about how is it kind of spooky that all the prices end in nine? None of the prices behind them end in nine. Oh, really? um, <laughs> none of them. They're all like four ninety five for this, like uh, seven fifty for this. Like none of the prices behind them end in nine during that scene. Uh, yeah. It's just it's just one to pay attention to. The rewatch factor is very high with this movie. All right. I'm not I'm not prepared to agree with you right now. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep on this and think about okay. it. Okay. So we are one film down. Yes. We have quite a few to go. We got Mall Rats coming up, we have Chasing Amy, mm-hmm. and then what is it, Dogma, then Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And then as we will get into the non skew films as well. Uh, I was very excited to revisit this. I think this was a lot of fun and there's going to be a lot more to come, folks. Uh, You could definitely check us out on all of our social media stuff. We'll have some notes, uh, some stuff in the show notes for you to click on so you can come by and say hi. You can always pop over to thefirstrun.com and see what I'm doing outside of this lovely experiment with uh, Mm -hmm. the Lady Juan. And people can track you down as well. We're on the Twitters and OnlyFans. What are you doing? Uh, screenfixpod.com and uh, Twitter at the lady one. That's W A N for one. That's all I got. <laughs> Good. <laughs> We're at the first run for all that stuff for everything. And I have my own personal Twitter account, but I really don't know what the uh, what the handle is. I think it's at CGP Scalzo. Could be. Just look for Chris Scalzo. A very boring time for all involved. <laughs> what a plug. Thank you. <laughs> well, I like I, I run I, I run cautiously pessimistic, so I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. It's better that way. It's then you're pleasantly surprised. There you go. Well, thanks for everybody for taking the time to uh, listen to our inaugural episode here of the Kevin Smith filmography here on Screen Run. Next week, obviously, we'll be talking about Mall Rats. Yeah. And a film. Oh, I'm be so per- perfectly honest with you, people. I was not a fan of at the time. A film that suffered from studio intervention That's and. True. I just did not care for it. So I am really curious about coming back to it. Ooh, it's going to be good. <laughs> what were, you, were, you, were you a fan of Mallrats? Or did you want to yes. tease that at all? Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh my God, I loved it. Interesting. I will yeah. see how that shakes out then. It was like peak Jason Lee. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That'll be a whole conversation. Yes, it will. Good times. Everybody take care. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. Yeah.